What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Good morning. We worship a risen Savior, amen? I know he's risen because I'm from Jerusalem. The tomb is empty. That's what sets our faith apart. Mother faith. Our God is real. And God loves you. How do I know that? Well, you're still breathing. If you're still here, then there's, just, there's a plan for your life. You have to understand, when I say that in Israel, amongst an area where there's a lot of death, a lot of bloodshed, it, it means a lot different. It takes a lot different role to people I speak it to because when there's bloodshed and turmoil and war all around you, that takes a different role and connotation in, in their life than, than somebody that's in, in the Western culture. Not that you don't have your difficulties, so you do, but it's, it takes on a different role, it takes on a different image than what they're going through. I tell people life is short, live life to the fullest, honoring God first and, and loving or honoring those whom you love next because you can be here one moment, you can be gone the next. That's just the reality. So if you're here breathing, then there's a plan for your life and God's got a big plan for you. He's not done with you. I want that to sink in. And if we make our lives about Jesus, if it's all about Jesus, it doesn't mean you're a, doesn't mean you're a Jesus freak. It just means you're, per, you're a person with a purpose and you know that you've been chosen for a reason and that God's got a plan for your life. When you make your life intentional about Jesus, it does something to you. I've, I've had the privilege of meeting some of the most amazing people in this world. People you've seen in TV and movies have had the privilege to be in a small gathering and get to share my story, um, all the way from the A-listers, all the way down to presidents and leaders. And I want to tell you, some of the most unhappiest people in, in real life are the people you see on TV. And some of the most lost people, some of the most confused people, the people you see that are, they have fame and fortune. But when you, when you sit with them and you, you, you help them see the purpose around us, it changes who they are. So I always tell people, you're never too cool for Jesus. You're never too rich for Jesus. You're never too poor for Jesus. You're never too popular for Jesus. You're never too cool for Jesus. Because we all need Jesus. Whether we are on top or whether we're in the bottom of, of the mountain, we all need Jesus. And you know, I was born in Jerusalem and I grew up in the city of Bethlehem all my life. Uh, I, 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 I live, I play marbles and hide and seek where Jesus walked. That's my storyline. All right, so I have a different connotation and look to scriptures than you might have. You might see Chris scriptures from 2,000 years ago. It's in the past. It's old. And I see it, it, where Jesus walked as there's still stuff happening till today that just rock the world and rocks people's lives. At age, uh, so our church in Bethlehem, we minister to the Arab community. We have ministries in Jerusalem. Um, we try to bring Arab and Jew together. And nothing has worked in Israel uh, except the message and the context of what Jesus brings. How do I say that? Well, millions have been poured into the communities and the streets from the United Nations, the UN, feeding the hungry and, and uh, doing all these programs and so forth, which, which helps as a Band-Aid solution. But it doesn't change the heart of the context of things. And I tell people that 
in, in a lot of the young people that I serve with who are either trained to be terrorists or trained to blow themselves up or or on the other side where, where there's just always that that doubt, that fear that, you know, you're you're an Arab, I'm a Jew and so forth. You what's tra- what's changed the culture is is changing the heart. You can you can do whatever you need to do. You can give as much as you want to, you can help as much as you need to. But if we don't address the heart, it's going to be a cycle of violence and killing and bloodshed. And that's, that's the dilemma that I have in Israel working amongst the Jewish and the Palestinian communities. Our church in Bethlehem was bombed 14 times by Molotov bombs growing up. That's the church that my father started in Bethlehem. 14 times we were Molotov bombed. We had church members walk out the church doors and rocks and stones come flying on their heads and they would, they would, uh, they would go to the hospital and get stitches. Why? Because they were at church with believers that are different race or different religious backgrounds. In our church, you'd see Muslim background, you see Catholics, you see Orthodox, you see Greek Orthodox, you'll see Westerners, and sometimes you even see um, uh, Jewish people come in and want to just meet Arabs that teach the message of love. At age 16, I remember 17, I, I spent time two weeks discipling a young man. He's answering his questions about Jesus. And I remember um, after two weeks, he disappeared. And I began to wonder, well, why did he disappear? And I, was I a bad Bible guy, you know? You spend two weeks answering this guy's question. He just disappears on you. What happened was, this is a young man from a Muslim family, a very large Muslim family. His mom found his Bible, and I'm privileged. I speak Arabic. I read Hebrew. But this was in Arabic. His mom grabs his Bible and she gives it to his uncles. And humiliation culture, it's a shame culture. So what you do doesn't affect you. It affects the whole, it affects the family before it affects you. And I remember um, for three days, they unwanted a metal hanger and every five, six hours they would come to his bedroom and they would beat him and lash him over and over and over again. And in those three days, every six to seven hours, they would ask him to give up his love for Christ. Not one single time would he deny his love for Jesus. You have to understand this. The irony of all this is he hadn't gone through discipleship 101. He hadn't gone to Bible college. He, he, could, he couldn't tell the difference between Revelations and Genesis at that time. He couldn't tell, he, I, I can guarantee you he couldn't explain or rationalize or defend theologically, eschatologically, biblically. He couldn't defend you know, is the Bible right? Is the Bible right? He, he couldn't. It, he, it's only two weeks of learning scriptures with me. It wasn't enough. I remember I asked myself this conundrum of a question. How could he love Jesus so much to a point where he's literally physically beaten? He cannot mentally, intellectually defend or rationalize what he believes. But yet he is falling in love with Jesus. And I remember I asked that que- myself that question because I found out about it at the end of the two weeks that this was, had happened to him and he was under house arrest with his family. I remember the spe- this, just the sweet spirit of the Lord just gave me that answer to my question. God, why would he do this when he doesn't even know you that well? Where you have Christian 30, 40 years studied and went to church and learned the Bible who their life has maybe 1% of evidence that you exist in their lives. And I remember this, this answer was, Steve, it's simple. I loved him for who he was. And I, and I saw him for who he could be. 
And in that mere fact alone that this young man saw Jesus loved him and, and, and Jesus was willing to walk the journey out to see him who he could become, that was enough for him to say, I'm gonna f I, love, I love Jesus so much, I'm willing to be beaten up for him, even though I cannot mentally, word, verbally explain him, but I love him enough because he gave me hope. I hope that you are that person today. You might not be able to understand the full context of the validity of what Jesus can do for you, but you're willing to venture out on a journey to, 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 to talk to Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and be able just to make him your best friend and, and, he, and you become his best friend. And in that journey, you eventually will look back and say, ah, now that's why Jesus allowed this and that. And it becomes a roadmap, a canvas in your life. I hope that you venture out and don't give up on Jesus today. And understand that you might not be able to answer all questions. But you know he's got a plan for your life. And you, you, you take this young man, and I remember I was walking down the church street of our church in Bethlehem. So I mentioned the church in Bethlehem, which was attacked and bombed many times. And um, so I grew up in that culture all my life. And um, I speak English good because my wife is a Floridian. So she brought sweet tea to Bethlehem. Um, literally, she literally brought sweet tea to the birth city of Jesus in, in Bethlehem. Um, she was, I got me a Tampa girl, so a, Flori a surfer Tampa girl. So... Um, so you, you, you look at it, you, you look at the whole picture of everything. And, and I remember I was walking on the church street in Bethlehem, our, our Arab-Israeli ministry in Bethlehem. And I remember uh, somebody comes up to me and says, are you Stephen? I said, yes, I'm Stephen. They were identifying me and to make sure I'm the right person. When I said, yes, I'm Stephen, and I felt something burning in the back of my head. I thought it's a bug or a fly. It went like this here and just... When I'm talking to him, I looked upon my hand, there was blood there. They had hit me in the back, and I just, it didn't register yet. It takes a few seconds for the blood and the heat, the pressure, for you to start to feel dizzy. And turned around, there's about five or six guys there with metal chains and thick wooden, thick wooden sticks in their hands. They put me to the ground. They began to beat me over and over and over again. Called me names like Jesus lover, Jew lover, proselyzer, and... In the middle of this beating, about 30, 40, 50 seconds, however long it was, it was painful. I still remember the faces. You know, these images, they don't leave you. You, you know, you have 100% forgiveness. But their faces, you can still see their faces. I still, their laughs, their mustaches, those images, they stay there. But in the middle of this beating, I said, Lord, get, get me through this. Take the pain away, it's painful. And I remember when I said that prayer, I literally felt like a white blanket. A white blanket just draped over my body. And I understood at that moment that our God is a covenant God. What does covenant mean? It means a promising God. Well, he promises he will never leave you. No, will he forsake you. He promises he's always there for you. He doesn't lie. We might not, just because we, not, we don't feel him or see him, it doesn't mean that he's, he was dishonest with us. It's just that we haven't been able to see him in his full glory in our lives just yet. That's what it means. And in the middle of the beating, I, I tell people, I, the beating continued. I was fully conscious because I remember everything. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was in a trance. I was at peace. And at, this, at that moment, I understood the level of God's depth for, for me than ever before. And, they, and they, they spray paint on this trash can, look at this Christian, may he be an example in Arabic. What they're trying to say is anybody that, this, see the purpose of that is because I was discipling 
people. I was discipling this young man who was their relative. And I mentioned when I first started, he came from a very large Muslim family. And uh, they picked me up and put me in this big, big dumpster. And, and that was a lesson to the community to see me. But I tell people, literally, they did themselves a disservice. Because it drew my life and my passion and my relationship with Jesus that much more deeper than ever before. They made a beast out of me for Christ. Let's leave it at that, all right? Because it, 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 it <laughs> give him glory, amen. They, they, opened the, they, opened, they opened my horizon, a vision to something I've never seen before. It just, it just showed me the power of God's glory in my life that, hey, you know, there's a lot out there from God to offer, and I just need to walk that journey with him. It doesn't mean that each and every single one of you need to get beaten to, to, to be able to get to that experience. But, the, you know, the beating was in my life physically because of me discipling this young man, just talking about Jesus with him. In your life, it can be something else. It's just another opportunity for God to showcase his glory through you and to touch your life. And you take these stories and, and how do you mesh them and, and, and bring them into reality with scriptures? And I want to I wanna turn your attention to Acts 10. And I, I, just, I just love to, I love to storytell, all right? We're going to storytell together and just bring, bring scriptures into today's reality. But while you're opening up to Acts 10, um, we, we might jump with a few, within a few verses today, but that's, that'll be like the connotation of it. Uh, we might read, uh, we might read so from, um, we might read from verses uh, 9 or 10 or something like that. But before I do get into scriptures, though, uh, we're going to put up an image, uh, the team. And so uh, Pastor Chris, well, a lot of people, when I speak and I have the privilege to share my story, you know, that Monday, that Tuesday, churches get 50 to 60 calls. How can we get a hold of Pastor Chris? We don't know more about Israel. We don't know more stories like he was. So, so to avoid them, 60, 70 people come and knock on your door emailing you. <laughs> so he's giving his head for that. So uh, I'm going to avoid, avoid that. So text redeem. And why redeem? Because we want to all be redeemed. Amen? That's the hope is that everybody has redemption in their spirit. So text that word redeem to that number, 417-473-3336. I sound like, a, I sound like an infomercial. Um, but just text redeem to that number and sign up for our newsletters and sign up just to know more what God is doing in Israel. It, it, it blesses your life. You can, we'll send you stories of young people who have been attacked and beaten or, or they're, just, they're going through a lot of tough times in the place where our faith began. Who here is grateful for, for the kingdom and for, for, for what Jesus did in Bethlehem region? Amen. So uh, there are people today where what you, what you carry in your spirit, the hope, the, 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 the salvation, the, 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 what you have, uh, all that started. It didn't start in Texas. It didn't start in America. It didn't start in Europe. It started in, in Israel, in Bethlehem, in Jerusalem. And that's where I'm from, where, the, where Jesus was born, where Jesus was crucified. Um, it, I like to mention that because I've actually met a lot of Christians who, who, who believe Christianity started in America. Um, I don't know where, what Bible they're reading. Um, <laughs> I don't know where they're getting that from, uh, but I, I, I appreciate their patriotism, uh, but it's a wrong kind of patriotism. It, it started in Israel, in Jerusalem and Bethlehem. So that's where I live. That's where I'm born. But there are people today standing ground. They're, so, they're warriors in the front lines um, er, trying to help from eradicating Christianity. They're standing in the front lines to try to speak the truth and represent the message of truth so that's that's one way and then and for later you can know more stories you can you can scan that pull up your phone scan that you can scan it and and deal with it later but that's how you can know more stories about what god is doing uh updates from that scan so the verse one is to get stories and updates and that one to see what god is doing today in israel and so forth you can scan that qr code and you can um you can uh, dabble with it later all right um 
So in Acts 10, I, I love, I'm going to read my notes so I can stay on cue and not to, not to bore you too much, all right? Uh, but this is, this is very unique because what we see in the first eight verses, um, it's a man named Cornelius. He's the head of a legion of many, many, many Italian, Italian under the Roman Empire and so forth, uh, before the Roman Empire was the Roman Empire. Um, uh, he, leads, he leads a legion in, in the north of, of Israel, Caesarea, it's called, a very nice area by the water, and so forth. And, and, and Cornelius here in the Bible in Acts 10, he's a high-ranking general to some extent. And the Bible says that he gets a vision and a dream. And the angel appears to, or tells Cornelius, says, Cornelius, your prayer and your alms have reached before the heavens. Okay? Now, and he said, God is looking at you. He's hearing you. And he said, we, God wants you to call a man named Peter and bring him to you. Because God's going to give Peter a message, and that message is going to change your life. Now, Pastor Chris, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but at this point, Cornelius is not a believer. But yet, we, we don't see any evidence of Cornelius being a believer in Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Well, one way is at the end, he gets baptized and gets the Holy Spirit. But yet the angel tells him that you're praying towards the right direction. Your heart is, he, he, you know, he was influenced. Cornelius was influenced by some kind of Bible teachings because he's, he knows of it, he hears of it, and he's praying towards the God of Israel. He might not know fully Jesus, but he knows there's a thing called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. He's not praying just to any random God. He's praying to the God of Israel because the angel appears to him and tells him, God has heard your alms and seen your gifts. But yet he has not accepted Jesus Christ as personal savior just yet. What this reminds me, and I hope it does to you every day, it reminds me when I think of it, there's Cornelius is out there that have not seen the full potential of who Jesus is in his own entirety that are seeking truth and God is listening. And in him listening... God is sending the Peters, which I hope it's you, into their life. Now, you have to understand, if, if you're going to be a Peter to someone, the only way for you to be a Peter to someone to listen to the Spirit of God is to have an open heart. Right? Because, because if it's like you sitting down, you're busy, you're playing sports, you're having lunch, or you're doing whatever, and your phone has seven missed calls, you're going to miss the message, right? Because you were doing something else. Your, eyes weren't, your ears weren't paying attention that you have seven missed calls. If you're going to be a Peter to a Cornelius, who is someone different than you, someone looks different, skin color, race, different, he's different, then you have to be in tune with the Spirit of God so you can listen to the call. You have to understand, Peter on the other side is a Jew, a very, very strict, devout Jew. He is the, the quintessential embodiment of a true traditional Baptist in the old days. And I can say that because I'm Baptist, so... <clears throat> No pun intended. And, I, and, and he's literally the, the ultimate rules and regulations on the Jewish world to a point where Peter argues with God. Because when, when the angel appears to Cornelius, I, I with me, have I lost you, are you with me? So God's speaking to Cornelius, giving this vision, dream. Cornelius is like shocked, like, who am I? Like God is listening. I don't even know. He, he doesn't even know the Holy Spirit yet. He doesn't even know who Jesus is yet. But around the same time, Peter is heading out to Joppa, which is a beautiful area by the water. If you have, how many of you have gone to Israel? Raise your hand. 
Only a few. We got to get you guys to Israel. Pastor Chris, we need to talk. We got to get you guys to Israel and what an amazing place to go through, uh, especially with Paul Robbins, who, who introduced me, my Jewish brother. By the way, when I hugged them, it, these, this image, when it goes to Israel, these are kind of images that get me death threats every day. Just hugging a Jewish brother. I mean, I remember last, before I came from Israel, and I go back to Israel in about nine days, I was having coffee with a couple of Jewish Orthodox. And somebody saw me, and I had, to, I had to stay away from Bethlehem for three days. It's because having coffee with, a, with an Orthodox Jew. So give you an example of, of what we go through. Let's jump back into scriptures, right? So Peter on the other side, he's, he's, he's in Joppa. He's been traveling. He's tired. Bible says John, Peter gets up to the rooftop. He sits down. He's hungry. He's waiting for them to prepare the meal. Bible says that he just falls into a deep trance. He's tired. He's enjoying the, the sea breeze. He's probably a Floridian down deep, loves the water. He's sitting at Joppa, and he's sitting on the rooftop. And the Bible says that he goes into a deep trance. And, and God tells Peter in a dream. The Bible says Peter sees a white blanket draped from heaven, with stretched out from its four corners. Just imagine like a, like a blanket, and it's carried by its four corners, and you dump stuff in the blanket, and that's how you carry the blanket with its four corners, right? And the Bible says he sees animals inside this big sheet, stretched by its four corners, and he's sleeping, he's tired mentally, he's physically hungry, he's drained, he's exhausted. And then in this dream, God tells Peter, Peter, get up, choose anything you want, slaughter and eat. You're hungry, eat. And Peter has the audacity. And he's, 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 he's a true Jew. He says, nope, I'm not going to do that, God. And God says, why? And, John, and Peter says, well, it's unclean. It's not kosher. And God, for the second time, tells Peter, what? Get up, slaughter, and eat. Peter's looking at things from his carnal eyes, from his physical, physical inspiration, physical conviction. He's not looking at it from, well, maybe God wants me to set up my zone. God wants me to do something different than what I've always done for 30, 40, 50 plus years. God wants us to get out of a comfort zone. And he said, that guy has a audacity to say, God, no, twice. God comes back again for the third time. I don't know about you, but if God says something once, he's got my attention. <laughs> he says something twice, he's really got my attention. If he has to say something three times, then I deserve a spanking. <laughs> but three times, God has to tell Peter, get up and eat. And he still doesn't. He gets up and he wa- he's, he's awoken. But right before he wakes him up, God tells Peter, what I have called clean, you cannot call unclean or uncommon. Why is God saying that? Even though the Bible says that in that blanket was all sorts of animals. So we'll let your, your, your imagination soar from there. Just don't go too far because I want you to stay with me here. That means every creation of God is pure and clean. And God wanted him to get up and, and to choose something because God was giving him a new path and something new to, to a new area to enter in his life, a relationship, a friendship, or what be it. And when he wakes up, the Bible says that there was two people at the front door knocking 
Because Cornelius, when he had his own ordeal, he gets up and, of course, he tells his servants, go. And he sends one servant and, and another helper. He says, go find this guy named Peter for me. So he's woken up from his dream. And there's two guys at the front door saying, hey, where's Peter? We're looking for Peter. The Bible says Peter responds, opens the door, and, and, they, and they say, Peter, our master Cornelius is seeking you to come to his home. Now, you have to understand, Cornelius is not a Jew. He's not a believer. Um, he's a Gentile, and he's, in the eyes of Peter, he's one of the worst Gentiles because he, is, he probably worships other gods and, and, and so forth. So Peter here is, is God's, God's looking at Peter saying, have the vision and dream with what I showed you and that the opportunities that I've given you in this vision, can that change your life? And Peter, for a second, they looks at, looks at these two guys who are asking him to go to Cornelius' house. And he says, yes, I'll go. And, and what, what's the beauty about this is these, two, these servants, when they were sent out from Cornelius' house, when, when they were sent out to, to seek and find Peter, it's, and we see it in verses 3, we see that there are three started out with three. By the time they come back around and they journey with Peter back to the house of Cornelius, the Bible says there were many. Now, what am I trying to bring out here is that when there's a good story, when there's an event happening around you that's, that's cool, it's something that's unique, jump on board to be a part of it. Because Cornelius sends out a couple people. By the time they go get Peter and they travel the journey, they come back around to the house of Cornelius, the Bible says there were many. Now, I don't know what kind, of, what kind of vision they caught, but I, I want to be a part of that boat. Maybe God is calling you to do something in your community through Bow Down Community Church or through, your, through this amazing, beautiful community. Maybe God's calling you to do something for him through this area, through this outreach. You say, Pastor Curry, I'm a busy guy. I have a lot to do. I'm getting engaged. I'm getting married. I'm having a baby or I have, uh, I have to work on my job. Yes, you need to do all these things. But you also can't forget why you were placed on this earth. Peter in his own daily life was busy following the rules and regulations. But he forgot to bring in the heart of the Father of everything he does. I love this because when he comes back around and he comes the journey, we started, we said the Cornelius, this high legion guy, sends out three people. And when they come back around, there's a lot of people when they come back around. Cornelius hears that Peter is here with a bunch of crowds. He was shocked that Peter even accepted his offer to come to his home. He comes in and the Bible says that Cornelius runs out to Peter and Cornelius bows down in front of Peter. He bows down in front of him. And, and, he, and he says, I'm humbled, I'm honored that you would put all your things aside and you would, you would see me through an eyes of a creator that loves and through a creator that wants to do big things. And Peter helps this Cornelius get up and he says, Cornelius, God has directed me to come to minister to you. He says, Cornelius, I don't know what God's about to do. God has a supernatural plan to be able to do in your life, in your household. But for me, God gave me, Peter's telling Cornelius, God gave me a vision and in this basket. And I said no to God because I'm stuck to traditions. And God said three times to get up and to sacrifice and to eat. But I was stuck in my own carnal, my eyes. I'm just stuck to my, what I know best. 
And he said, it took God three times to wake me up and shake me up and to tell me that our plans are different than his plans and his plans are different than our plans and his plans are a lot better than what our plans are. The Bible says Peter gets in, comes into the house of Cornelius and now the truth test is there. He has a meal in front of him waiting. He has a meal at a house of a Cornelius guy. If you guys, you guys, if you guys don't know what kosher is and not kosher is, you might have heard the word. Um, we're not going to get into that right now, but kosher is it's, it foods prepared a certain way, done a certain way. Um, it's like the cuisine of the cuisine, but more on a religious side, all right? And Peter sits in front of the meal. He doesn't even think twice. He begins to eat and to fellowship with Cornelius. Why? Because God spoke to his life and his heart earlier and showed him that you put your difference to the side and you look at things through the eyes of a God and a creator that loves you. You look at things through the eyes of how will this bless the kingdom? How will this help the name of Jesus grow and expand? If we look at things through this perspective, it will change the world we live in. Bible says Peter, he eats and he fellowships. And at the end, Peter preaches an amazing message to these people. And that's when we see Cornelius, Bible says he, he believed. Cornelius and his family, get, they become believers. They believe in the Holy Spirit and they get baptized. What if there was, what if there are some today in your household or in your city or in one of your forgotten neighborhoods that is a Cornelius waiting and crying out to God for, for help? And help, it doesn't always mean finances or money or what be it. It's just general, just, just crying out for help. What if there's a Cornelius sitting next to you, sitting in front of you, sitting behind you today? There's a Cornelius in their spirit crying out. Don't let appearances fool you. I told you, I've had the privilege to, to be with some of the top people in this world and don't let appearances deceive you, please. What if there's a Cornelius that's waiting for hope and they're about to, to commit suicide? Or just they're broken from within. It's the only self-value they have is, is how they look or how much money they have in their bank account. And what if we can just direct that passion, we can direct their vision, they can direct their hearts to see their value through a lens of a creator that loves them rather than seeing themselves to a creator through, through the creation of man being, TV and social media and so forth. And there's a Cornelius waiting. You can be that Peter in their life. The only thing standing in your way is you've been hurt by someone. The only thing standing in your way for being a Peter to that person is because that person who is a Cornelius is a different skin color, a different race, a different culture. Or the only thing standing in your way is that you're too busy. The only thing standing in your way is you're, you're a shy person, and I understand that. Believe me, I'm actually, by nature, I'm actually, I'm a shy person, believe it or not. It's just that the, the power of God allows me to be able to get up and to speak, but behind the scenes, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. But what if, what if the only thing standing away from seeing a Cornelius become a Peter is because you yourself hasn't, don't believe in yourself enough to know that you're still alive, you're still breathing for a reason. It means God has a plan for you. But all this sounds nice and great, but if your feet isn't grounded on truth, then you're lost. But what I started when I started speaking earlier, I said all these you know, millions of people being helped in the Middle East. 
uh, either being given bags of rice and food and humanitarian aid and social justice and on, 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 on. It doesn't do anything. It's a band-aid solution unless you work on the, change the heart. If you don't change the heart, you just... The same thing, and of course, the change in the heart that's a, that's a, has a deep meaning, has a deep connotation to things, but, but you know what I mean. The only way you can have a real heart change is by spending time in the Word of God, knowing the Word of God. It's the manual, the service manual to your life. It's the Word of God. You can be inspired to go out and to change this whole community, but if you don't have a heart change of heart, if your feet, if your spirit, if your faith isn't grounded on like Bible truth, then, you, then your moral compass is built 20% by what so-and-so says, 20% by a commercial. Your, 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 your psychology, your mentality, your ideology is built on social media. It'll be a lump of a, it'll be like a cocktail salad. Versus if your feet and your faith, your moral compass is, 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 is grounded on what God says on being, being today here, what God says on how to look on your person to your right, to your left. If your feet is grounded on, on what to say on, on, on social justice, if, if you're grounded on those, then you'll be able to, you have a backbone to speak it, to say it. And, and rather than emotions steering our moral values and emotions steering our belief system, what should be steering our emotions and our ideologies is the service manual of God, which is what? The Bible, the word of God. And I, I want to tell you this. Thank you, young man. I like this young man. We're almost, we're almost done. And I want to tell you this, that the only thing standing in their way is you not surrendering to be a real Peter, to a real Cornelius. If this young man, which was physically beaten by his family, if he hadn't gone through that, he wouldn't have become the man he was, he is today. He stayed in the faith, even though his physique beat him for three days. Stayed, walked out the journey. He lost everything. He lost his family, lost, his, lost everything. See, that's why I encouraged you earlier to sign up for our newsletters and to scan that code because many people who come out of faith from Islam, they lose everything. We become their mother, their father, their sister, their everything. Literally, their everything. We become their best friends. We become their cousins because they lose everything. In Middle Eastern culture, if you have no family, you're, you're nothing. So we become, we become their everything so that we can show them everything. What is everything? It's Jesus. And, and, and you, 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 you speak this message, but this young man, a few years later, he, he's young, he's continuing growing in the Lord. He eventually goes to Prague to, have to, to work on some international things. Young guy. Ends up getting married in Prague. And maybe a year after that, guess what? ISIS happened. And ISIS happened in the Middle East. That's why they were, they were cutting heads off. You guys remember ISIS on TV? They were cutting heads off and so far. I don't want to get graphic, but they do all that. And so there's, there's a lot of exodus of Middle Easterners that leave the Middle East. Where do they go? They go to Europe. They go to, the, to Canada, Australia, America. You get the point. And many of these refugees who fled ISIS persecution, where did they go? They went to Prague. So after a while, when he was found himself there, now he has one of the biggest ministries for Syrian refugees in Prague. And all that started nine, ten years earlier in Bethlehem where he was beaten up for something he could not fully rationally understand, but he was willing to venture out on a journey with Jesus. 
And that's what I wanted to close today with and to tell you that God has a plan for your life. I don't want this to be a broken record. He has a plan for your life. And how, how do I know that? Well, you're here still breathing. That means he's not done with you. So you are right now in a position who, if you're a believer, then you're a Peter. You're just saying, God, um, I'm, I'm listening. You, there, might, there might be things to push you out of your comfort zone, but you're listening. And you're saying, God, just show me what you want for my life. Your, your marriage might be going through some problems. You might say, God, just show us our marriage. Show us what you want to do with our marriage. Lord, help us to put our pride aside, our, our own ways aside, and just to surrender the free will, to surrender free will to you, Jesus, and you just be the center of our life. You might be engaged, about, about to get married. You're in a relationship. You just don't know what to do next. If you let Jesus be the center of your life, he directs everything. You might be going through a job right now where you're, you're about to go into, this, into a big opportunity. You might get a raise. You might be pushed up in position. You might have an investment that's coming around with some good rewards on it. You're saying, God, I don't know what to do next. Just seek after Christ. He'll direct your life. But you have to surrender every day to his scriptures. And there's a Cornelius around you in the walls around us here. And there's a Cornelius outside the walls that's waiting to be inspired. That's waiting to be loved. There's a Cornelius that's just waiting to be able to hear one word that could change that person's life from pulling the trigger. Or to, there's, there's, there's a Peter out there and there's a Cornelius out there that's waiting for you to say something that's going to change their life. Can I ask you to bow your heads with me? And as Pastor Chris gets ready to come up here, you saw me and you saw my Jewish brother Paul get up and introduce me. It's a slot similar to that scenario where Peter was a Jew and I'm, I'm an Arab, Israeli Arab on the other side, being, being a Gentile, a Cornelius to Peter. And Paul and I, even though we never had, we've, we've always eaten great food. But Brother Paul and I, we have that racial difference and that character difference where he's different, I'm different. And the nature around me pushes me to hate him. And not that, I mean, we all have senses love here, Pastor Christian. You all have senses love and, and just, just love to me. And I see a lot of love amongst others. But, it, but in, in our nature of our being, in, in our culture, it's natural. They, they, we, we raise, people are brought up with Jews are the enemies and Arabs. To the Jews, Arabs are enemies and to Arabs, Jews are the enemies. For the most part, not everybody. But it's, it's, they don't even have to say it. It's, it's, sub, it's subnatural. But the only way to break that is to see the person in front of you is through the love and through the eyes of a creator that loves us. And I've seen nothing but love here. But I'm speaking right now not into the actions. I'm speaking more into the inner being of our soul, into our deep of our DNA. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning declaring that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're a God that loves the Jews equally, that you love the Arabs, and you equally love the Americans. You equally love every race on this earth, from Asia to Africa to, to Europe the continents of this globe. You love every human being because we are your creation. Lord, I pray this second. I ask you that anything implanted here that's not from you will be uprooted in Yeshua's name. Anything has been planted, any spirit that's not from you, we, we cast it out in Jesus' name. We speak and we plead the blood of Jesus Christ on the sanctuary. We speak peace and joy transparency and honesty within each other within ourselves 
to be able to be a, to be a pure Cornelius, to be able to be a pure Peter. We speak honesty and transparency in our spirit. Lord, there are people here today that are hurting. There are people here today, Lord, that are trying to ask the question, am I worth anything? There are people here today asking the question, what's my self-worth? What's my self-value? There are people here today, Lord, that are asking the question, do I matter? And can I make a difference? Lord, you pay, the atten you pay attention to every detail in our life. That for me speaks love. So I, I, I pray that we pay attention to the details of each other's lives. Help us bring hope to those around us. I pray people here today, Lord, when they leave, they'll never be the same. People here today, when they walk out of these doors, they'll be forever transformed and changed. Just like Paul and I, we put our differences aside and I see nothing. I see nothing else other than that he's a brother in Jesus Christ. And on that, Paul and I, we build for the kingdom. I pray that gets cloned here in this, this community. That we put our differences to the side and go back to our service manual. And let that service manual, which is your word and your spirit, guide our every emotion, guide our every thought, our every judgment on how to treat and how to judge and how to, and how to be righteous amongst the nations. As we continue in this spirit of prayer, Pastor Chris will lead. please I'm also going to have Stephen and Paul come forward as well um, as prayer partners because I believe that um, what they demonstrate and is an example for us the, the, the Jew and the Arab there's some of you here that have racist stuff within you and today it's got to go today you're going to walk out of here obeying 1 Samuel 16 7 that says man looks at the outward but God looks at the heart today because of what these two men represent through the gospel through the blood of Jesus I believe unity is going to break forth in our congregation and we'll look past skin tone and we'll truly truly see the heart of one another and so God I just thank you and I praise you for what you are doing and God as always if there is anybody here that has not surrendered to Jesus may you just call them forward as well whatever you need prayer for our prayer partners will be up here but let's go ahead and stand now we're going to worship Jesus we're going to give him what he deserves because he is worthy he has done this and so jesus we celebrate you now let everything fall to the side bring us into the place where we worship you jesus we worship you jesus we love you lord have your way in this place today 
God, I thank you for Stephen's life. Even that, that story of how he was beaten, God. I think about that. What would I do? What would I do? So you, God, have put on my heart to go get prayer from him so that I would have a greater boldness and that there would be no fear. Holy Spirit, everybody's at a different place here, but you know who they are. But these altars are open because you want to touch your people. So God, have your way in this place. Be glorified, Jesus. We lift your name up, Jesus. And you said if we do that, you will draw all men to yourself. So we honor you now. We fix our gaze upon you now. May your glory fill this place. May your spirit fall afresh and anew as we worship you, King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' name. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.